right. Well, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody is good uh, this morning. Don't worry. We got food on the way, okay? Got uh, Publix fried chicken coming, all the good fixings this morning. Uh, they just had told us it was going to be a little later this morning for us to pick up. So I'm going to go ahead and teach. We'll get that out of the way. And then when we do, we say amen. We'll have some good food waiting on us. Everybody good with that this morning? All right. Well, I appreciate you being here this morning. Man, last week. James Mickey over here looking sharp again today. Wonderful, wonderful job teaching last week. And man, I hate to even follow that up. It was so good, man. That's that's good stuff. But I appreciate uh, and know uh, the impact Jesus uh, made in lives and hearts last week. Not just here, by the way. This goes out online. And uh, tons of folks reached out and just uh, inspired by that message and that change that they've seen in James' life. So, uh, brother, thank you so much again. Well, we are back in Matthew today. And uh, we're finishing out the Sermon on the Mount, but there's still a lot of good stuff left in Matthew. But I was telling Brantley, a little disappointing because I have just enjoyed uh, being in this message that Jesus has preached. I want to remind you where we were at the last time. Uh, if you remember, it was that moment uh, where we don't like to think about it, but it was called on that day, right? The day that we stand before God, where we lead this life, enter into the next and we're standing before a holy God, how will you answer? Will it be counting on all the things I did? In other words, will you stand there and say, well, I did this or I healed or I, I prophesied in your name or I cared or I passed out food at the church of Southside. It's the wrong, that's in first person. It's wrong. It's the third person. Our answer should be when we stand there before a holy God, he died for me. He redeemed me. He saved me. So it's all about Jesus, not about us. Amen. Everybody remember that? All right. So we talked about that. He over we, he over I. And if you've been around us, I hate to tell you this. Everybody look this way for one second. If you've been around us long enough, all right. Even if you're just here today for the first time, I want to tell you an excuse that will not fly. You will not be able to stand before a holy God and say, I didn't know. You've been told. You've been shared the hope of the gospel. Amen. Every week here, you've been shared the gospel. So an excuse of I didn't know won't fly. It wouldn't fly anyway. But it definitely won't if you've been at this place. You will know the only question is, what will your choice be? Your way or His way? The beauty of the love of Christ, the beauty of the love of free will, is that He gives you choice. He doesn't want robots. He doesn't want trained puppies that will follow every little move that He calls and commands to do. He wants out of love, out of respect, out of admiration for what He's done, that we choose to follow. Just like a good dad or a good mom would want their children to obey, not out of fear, although sometimes we have to bring that, right? But they want them out of love and honor. Honoring a father and mother would be obeying them just because they've provided, just because they are good, just because that's the role that they have in their life. And so that's the same thing. Well, we get here and we're closing out this Sermon on the Mount, and then we'll pick up in Matthew uh um, next week. But before we do that, I want to mention an idea before we even read today's verses. All right. I want you to look around this parking lot for just a second. Beautiful people, right? All different walks of life, different cultures, different everything. A lot of, a lot of cases. One common denominator though that brings us together and that's Christ. 
That's how it's supposed to be. That's how the church of Jesus Christ is supposed to be. It's supposed to look different, right? It ain't all supposed to look the same. Different ages, different races, different backgrounds, different generations. Every, everybody's in. Everybody has a seat at the table, right? Don't let anybody tell you different. No one's got a higher seat. No one's got a lower seat. All sons and daughters of the king, if we believe in him, right? You don't have to go in as a hired hand. You sit as royalty. King of kings is our, our dad, right? That is who we are there. But here's where I want you to look around. And if it helps, I want you to picture everybody here in some uh, work pants. I want you to pitch them with a safety vest on. I'm just thinking of JoJo right there. Y'all remember JoJo always had that safety vest on. He's already gone ahead and seen the Lord face to face. He's before us, but I want you to picture people with tool, a tool belt on. I got a tool belt. It looks pretty new because I, I try not to use it a whole lot. But that, that lady over there, she got projects galore, always making me put that on and do some kind of work, right? But a hammer, screwdriver, crowbar, whatever you want to say. And here's why I say that, because when I want you to look around this parking lot, I want you to envision that everybody here is a builder. Okay. We are. I want you to look. Every person you see here, whether they believe in God, whether they believe and in, in worship Satan, whether they have checked out of life, whether they have the best job out here in the parking lot, whether they have no job, no home, whatever, everyone here is a builder. I want you to think of that as we get to the scripture today. You are building something with the life that you have been given. And make no mistake, you have been given life. You didn't earn it right? Everybody understands that, right? And I know we know how that works. I know that somewhere back in our time, mom and dad put on the Marvin Gaye record, spun that, and then all of a sudden, nine months later, you were here. If you didn't get that, talk to Ephraim here. He will explain all of that in a smooth, very white voice for you. But in all of those things, I want to even say this, mom and dad, mom and dad couldn't plan you. They may have could have planned for your arrival, but they didn't plan you there was more of an intelligent design than that. Your creator God spoke you into existence the way you are. The reason that you are the way you are is because he wanted you that way. He created you just like you are. He loves you. You're the pinnacle of his creation. But in that, you were given life and you must choose how you build your life. That's the beauty of free will. He's not going to make you choose him. His way is best, but you must choose. A couple questions before we read the scripture. How are you building? What are you building? And where are you building? I want you to think about those things as I read this scripture this morning. I'm going to close out the Sermon on the Mount. Passage is very familiar, but I am so excited to teach it this morning. God has just given me, I believe, a fresh thought on at least one point of this. Uh, I, I pray just speaks to your heart this morning. So let's read Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 24. Everyone, raise your hand if you're in everyone. Raise your hand if you're hearing out this morning. You're hearing me okay? All right. Everyone then who hears these words of mine, this is Jesus speaking, and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Amen. Amen. And everyone who hears, everyone, right? You hearing out here? Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, beat against that house, and it fell, 
and great was the fall of it. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. Will you pray with me this morning? Father, we love you. We thank you for this message that you've given us this morning. We pray that you speak directly to hearts above my words, any words that have been spoken over my friend's lives of shame or accusation or feeling they don't belong, that Jesus, your words uh, of truth and life speak louder than the, the words of the lies that have been spoken, maybe even if we've spoken them over ourselves. And so we pray and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So he offers encouragement here and also another warning to those in the crowd that day. Jesus had just preached this amazing message. The heart of the matter is all throughout the Sermon on the Mount. And he gets to this place and he says, there are two different people that have listened to this message. I want everybody to look here at me this morning because there's two different people in this crowd as well. He says, very simple, two different people. Everyone within the sound of my voice has heard me this morning. That's what Jesus is saying. As he teaches the Sermon on the Mount, he said, everybody out here has heard me. We're going to lay that out as a 100% guaranteed fact, right? Everybody's in the crowd. They've heard. But there's two people. Those who have heard and to do what I say. Those who hear and don't do what I say. Pretty simple, right? That's the only two people that's in the crowd. There is no other middle ground. He didn't say that there are those that heard and kind on the fence and maybe they didn't listen. They didn't do what he said. They're in that camp of not doing what he said. But then he said, there are those of you that have heard these words and you're taking it to heart. You get it. You get the message. You're buying in. In other words, is what Jesus says. Now, before we get too deep in this passage, I just want to be practical for a second. I'm not a great builder. I have built some things, but it doesn't take an engineer to even get to the point where Jesus says, one guy's gonna have one foundation, one is going to have the other. What were the two foundations? Anybody listening? One on the rock, one on the sand, perfect. Does, doesn't take a genius to figure out which foundation is the best, does it? Have you ever built a sand castle? These people that build these monstrosities out there, I'll go out there and there's like a dolphin and it looks like one of these nice ice carvings and it's made out of sand. Don't know how. Even with the little sculpted castle things, my things just look like, I'm sorry, like a two-year-old put it together. I can't build with sand. But imagine taking and going out on the beach where the, the tide is coming in and out and building a house right there, no other foundation but the sand. It's not going to last probably won't even last through the night. And Jesus is saying these practical words here. Uh, the creator of the world, God in the flesh. Think about that. You guys get a guy that was born down the road in McCall, Alabama. But can you imagine if we had God in the flesh here talking? I mean, that's what's happened here. He's on the hillside. He's preached all these things. And he's saying, by the way, there's two of you here. I can imagine the crowd looking around. It's like, there's a lot of people here. Thousands. Two people. One that's hearing and does what I said. The other hears and doesn't do what I said. Pretty simple, right? Pretty practical thing. And so we get these two groups of people, one who hears and does, ones who hear and do not do. Both groups hear, and I want to tell you this, both groups are builders. Same here today. Nothing has changed from the hillside of the Sermon on the Mount. Everyone here is building their life on something or someone. Make no bones about it. 
It's all on you. And you could say, well, you don't know my, my life circumstances. I've been dealt a bad hand. You're right. Maybe you have been. But you still choose to build your life on something after that. Right? Make no mistake. You are the chief builder in your life. You carry the direction. You carry the focus. You carry the idea of like, this is what I'm going to do today. I'm going to build my life on fill in the blank. You choose. Guess what? That puts the responsibility on you. When you stand before him, you will have to answer how you built and led your life. You have heard you're building your life. And again, I want you to know this. Even if you've checked out of life, everybody look this way. If you said, I'm done. I, I just, I'm not going to kill myself, but I'm going to eke out my days and I'm just going to live just however I want. I don't care. I'm not going to get a job. I don't worry about nothing. You have chosen to build your life in that way. It's still building a life, even if you've checked completely out. Zero cares, no direction. You are still building your life. I got good news this morning. Anybody want some good news in a world full of bad news? I want you to look at me this morning. Even if you're 80 years old and you've chose to build your life your own way, your entire life, there is grace that you can stop, repent, and the word for repent is a 180. Turn the other way. Go to Him. You can start building a life that matters today for the here and now and even more so for the hereafter. But it is your choice. No one can force you to build a life that is rooted in Christ. You must choose for yourself. Everybody with me that you're building your life? Everybody got it? Okay. So you've heard that. But Jesus not only tells us to the, these two groups, but the two consequences of their building. Listen to what he says. First group, everyone who hears these words and does them is like a wise man who built his house on the what? Anybody remember? Firm, the rock. Then the second group, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them. Consequences is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. So a couple things here. The ones who hear and does what God says is built on the rock, right? Simple. The one who hears and doesn't is built on sand. Again, I'll say this. It doesn't take an engineer to figure out which is the best course of action there, right? Rock or sand, we would say rock. The beauty of choice, but it is up to you. So here's the benefit, though. Listen to what he says about if you choose his way and build your life on the rock. Here's what he says. The rain falls. The floods come. The winds blew. They beat the house, but it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. Amen. But listen to the foolish man. He built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, beat the house, and it fell because it was founded on sand. And not only did it fall, but he says, and great was the fall of it. In other words, people would walk by and look at this structure and say, man, look at that shamble of a mess. I mean, it was built on the sand. There is nothing left but twigs, sticks. That don't even look like a two by four, right? Built on the sand, a foolish man built this. I want to take you this, though. All of us have heard. We would say that, right? You've been out here. You've heard. You've heard God's word. We're all builders. Would we agree with that? That you're building your life on something or someone? 
no matter where we put our hope. Here's why I want you to listen. This is where I believe just read this passage a, a billion times probably in my life and have heard it in church growing up. But I want you to hear the, the idea of this that maybe like me, you just never quite thought of it in this lens, all right? I want you to think about this. No matter where we put our hope, no matter where we put our trust, our direction of life, I want you to listen to one thing that is guaranteed and nobody likes to think about it. But listen to what he says. He says there's two people. One that is wise that builds his house on the rock. One that is foolish that builds his house on the sand. Everybody with me on that? Can I tell you what happens in both scenarios? The rain fell. The storms came. It don't matter where you build your life. Listen, everybody, I'm going to take the pressure off. I'm going to guarantee you something. There are a few guarantees in life, but I'm going to guarantee you something. A million percent. You can build your life on Christ as the rock. You can build your life on any other choice and the sand. The storm will come. The storm is coming. If it hasn't yet, it will. Some of you saying, man, I'm in the damn storm right now. I feel it. It's beating me to death and I don't have any way out. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You have Christ. Because here's what Jesus was so bold and so confident. And this is where it makes sense to me. People will think, well, I'm going to give my life to Christ and everything's just going to be rosy and I'm going to skate my pretty self onto heaven. Everything's going to be fine. It's not the case because Jesus looked at his followers and said, in this world, not that you might, not that you could, not that you maybe, in this world, you will have trouble. He's telling his closest followers, by the way, that pretty much every one of them faced a death like he did because they were followers of Christ. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. In other words, take courage, take comfort. Be encouraged, I have overcome the world. And why is that comforting? Because if we are a believer, He is with us. He's walking with us through the storm. The storm's coming. Do you want to face it on your own or do you want to face it with Creator God on your side? I'm going to tell you which way is best. Doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that one out either, right? But make no mistakes, the storm will come no matter, but how you prepare and how you build is the difference. It's coming. I mean, here's the thing. Guys, I want to just be completely honest right now. Some of you are getting this message for the first time. James, man, he did a great job. You was buying in. You're hearing out. Some of you have come up, had conversations with me. I see the belief starting to happen. But I just want to tell you, if today you knew that a Category 5 hurricane was coming your way, Everybody here would say, I'm going to batten down the hatches. Whatever structure I got, I'm going to make it as secure as possible. Can I tell you that a storm is coming your way? It's coming everyone's way that one day you leave this life and you're heading to another. What's the preparations? Once you hit that place, it's too late to batten down the hatches. The storm's already there. It's already taken root. It's already done the destruction and it will be eternal. So what preparations? The only time you can make preparations is right now. And any choice other than Christ is the sand. Listen to me. With life, it feels, I, I want you to know this is, I believe this to be the truth. It feels like we got a million choices. 
it feels like, well, yeah, you're talking about Christ, but I, I could also build my life on my career path. I could build my life on a relationship. I could build my life on material things and chasing that. I could build my life on just trying to be as good as I, I can be. Those seem like multiple choices. It's not. It's Christ or it's against him. It's the rock or everything else that falls in the category of building your house of your life on sand. And look at me. You will not have the excuse to stand before him and say, I didn't know. I'm telling you right now, this is the gospel truth. You will have to answer. How did you build your life? What foundation did you build it on? And listen to me. If you've ever built anything, the most crucial part of any building is the foundation. You could build a building like New York City that's as tall as anything you've ever seen. Empire State Building right there. If the foundation's bad, it ain't going to stay. It could be the most beautiful. You could walk in and say, man, I've built a beautiful structure here. Ornate, all the nicest things. Foundation's bad. It's going to be a crumbled up mess. It's going to look like this building over here that they're tearing down right now. What are you building your foundation on? It's up to you. I can't make it for you. Your wife, your husband can't make it for you. Your mom or your dad, if they're still here, can't make it for you. Nobody can make the decision but you. You're in control. It's the beauty of free will. It's the beauty of love and choice and grace and mercy and compassion. But there's a way out. A life without Christ is built on the sand and it will lead to destruction. Now, I want to tell you this. You may say, well, I've built my life on very opposite things of Christ and life's going okay. Can I tell you this? You may be one of the lucky few that skates and goes all the way to that day of death and you manage to get by life without Christ. But what then? If you're one of the lucky ones, I, I'm going to say, I don't know how you do it without Christ. I don't know. There are moments in my life that I just say, God, you're going to have to do this. I, I, I got no answers. I got no hope other than you. And can I tell you, he comes through. So without him, I don't know what you do because I have those moments all the time where it's like, Jesus, you got to come through for me here. I'm struggling. I'm drowning here. I need your help. One of my favorite Psalms is uh, Psalm 40. Talks about that uh, I was in the mud and the mire. And you reached down and you picked me up and you set my feet on. By the way, I didn't plan that on the rock. Okay? I view that sometimes as life. You ever remember those old movies, man, where, like, I mean, it was just so, I mean, so over the top. But, like, it's like a Rambo-type movie, right? One guy going in killing the whole army. I mean, just a bad dude, right? But I remember, I don't remember if it was Rambo, but I remember one of those movies where somebody takes one of the reeds out of the water and they kind of make their own snorkel and they just under the water, just sneaking up on the enemy. That's what I view that Psalm 40 as, that I am down in it so bad. I got the reed out and that's all. I'm just getting a little bit of air, but it feels like I'm about to die. And then all of a sudden, the grace and mercy of Jesus, a hand reaches down that you couldn't do anything for except reach up and say, I'll take it. And he pulls you out and he sets you on the rock. Some of you are drowning in the mud right now. And there's a lifeline. But you got to take it. I want to tell you, if somebody's in the mud, somebody's in the quicksand, somebody's dying just in front of you and you're offering help and they won't take it. What do you do? I'm throwing you the lifeline here, but it's nothing to do with me. I just know the source. 
I, I love this statement and it ain't mine, but I don't know whose it is, but it just know it's not from me, but I think it's beautiful. I'm another beggar telling other beggars where he's found bread. That's all I am. I know where the bread's at. I've ate. I got it. I've got the word of God. I know it. I know it to be true. Do I have doubts times? Yeah, I got doubts. You got doubts? That's okay. One of the disciples was literally named a doubter. Doubting Thomas. That was his nickname. Here comes old Doubting Thomas. He said, Jesus is dead. He said, I won't believe it unless I put my hands in his side. I won't believe it till I put my hand. And then he sees him and he's like, all right, I believe. That was all he needed, right? But he doubted. It's okay to doubt. But at the end of the day, I know my life's built on the rock and it's nothing to do with me. I just gave up my life and gave it to him. And by the way, I want to tell you, he does a lot better job with it than I do. So build it on the rock. You got a choice. The choice is either the rock, it's only Christ, or the other choice, any other choice is the sand. Guys, hang with me one second. I know food's here. I'm going to close with this and then we'll pray and we'll get you there. I'm going to say a blessing all in one. It's going to be beautiful. We're going to say amen and eat fried chicken together in the name of Jesus. All right. But hang with me. Hang with me. Hang with me one second. All right. He is the rock. Every other choice is stand. I just want to uh, encourage you this morning again with those questions. Where are you building? How are you building? More importantly, who are you building your life on? In closing, that last verse was this. It says the hearers were astonished, blown away. Said he don't teach like the scribes. There's something different about this guy. You think it was God in the flesh. They were blown away. I ask you this one more time. Where are you building? Make no mistake, you are building, but the choice of the rock or the sand, solely up to you. I wish I could make it for you. I know which way I'd go if I was in charge of that, but I pray and hope that you make the choice. I'm going to build my life on Christ, the rock, this morning. Even if I walked 80 years the other way, I'm going that way today. says it's good. He counts it as eternal in his presence because of the blood of Jesus. Nothing you've done. And by the way, nothing you've done can take that away. Amen? Isn't that a good thing? Let's pray together and thank Him for that. And Father, I just want to pray before I even pray. Thank you. I want to pray that everyone here, I, and I, I'm, I'm praying that's a bold prayer, I know. I pray that everyone here chooses your way. And that's laying a foundation on the rock that is Jesus Christ. Father, I just want to remind my friends, anything else, even the best of intentions is building our foundation on the sand. It won't last. Even if it lasts this age, it won't last the next. And so, Jesus, we need you, we love you, and we thank you. I pray that we can say with 100% confidence before leaving this place today, my life is built on the rock that is Jesus Christ. With that, we know and we pray confidently. We know the storms will come. And by the way, that is not from you. Your intention was perfection. Your intention was Eden. Sin entered the picture. We messed that up. You're making all things new now. And it one day will be set back right. Until then, we have to deal with the storms that unfortunately we were never meant to have to deal with. But your word tells us the storms come whether you built your life on the rock, whether you built it on the sand. Let us take heart that Jesus, you have overcome the world. But the only way we can do that is Jesus, if you have overcome our heart as well. And so we pray that. I pray that earnestly over every man, woman, boy and girl here that you have touched their heart. If not, 
before. I pray that you've done it today and that decisions are made in hearts. I'm building my life on the rock. I am taking control, building my life on the rock, giving my life to you, Jesus. I pray that we do that. Anything other anything other than that leads to destruction, and I don't want that for anyone out here. Jesus, speak to hearts even as we leave this place today and, uh, and bless these folks. I love them dearly and pray that you watch over us. We thank you for this. Thank you for the time that we're together. Pray your blessings on the food, the time that we can share the meal together. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.